and welcome to Hit Me in the Heart, the podcast that's all about the things that make hearts sing. I'm your bleeding heart millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted oaf, Paul. And on today's episode of Hit Me in the Heart, take it away, Paul. Well, where else can you find Johnny Knoxville embarrassed by Joan Rivers or 50 Cent getting his tongue felt up by a Dane or a candid conversation between Judy Dench and Elton John? This show warms the cockles of my heart and makes my soul smile. It's the Graham Norton Show. Oh, I, th- I thought you were just referring to the internet as a concept. <laughs> Many, many, many years ago, I was on a show called uh, Video Narcade Top 10, which was quite popular, I think, just in Canada. The show is basically you and three other people competing against each other, and you're playing a game. It would be on like NES or Super Nintendo. It depended what year you were on. I remember I got called in to be backup uh, for one of the four contestants. So I guess. They had four people, but they would have a fifth just in case someone didn't show up. So I already thought I wouldn't be on the show because like who wasn't going to show up as a kid to be on video in arcade top 10. And I was so nervous. I remember sitting in this like, I guess what would be a green room waiting and waiting and one of the kids didn't show up. And so I had to go on and I was super fucking nervous. I was sweating and there were studio lights and I was was and still am a, a, a bigger guy. And so I get in there and it's just there's a little mini studio audience and Liza Frommer, who I still think has a career in Canada somewhere, but she interviewed me and asked me who my favorite uh, Star Trek character was. And I didn't have one and I froze on set and they try to do it so that they don't have to cut anything out. Um, and so they cut and she just like turned to me and she's like, just just say Spock. I don't know. And so <laughs> they, they recut it. And I'm just like, now, uh, you, uh, you played Star Trek before? No. Yeah. Have you watched Star Trek at all? Yeah, the old one. They're like, oh, who's your uh, favorite uh, character? Spock. Spock. Spock's pretty cool. Spock. And they, they, they continued on with the show and they had to cut one more time during the middle of it because somebody, I won't say who, was sweating so profusely that the studio lights were beaming off of his forehead and like casting glares onto the cameras. Oh. And it it just, oh my God, it was such a nerve wracking experience. And I have to say, I would never go back on television ever again, unless there was a big red couch and a big bottle of wine for me to drink. It's very it is very rare for more than one Spice Girl to appear together <laughs> for any reason at all. So, they're not here. Uh... So, I just want to give a brief back end about the Graham Norton show. Uh, it got its start over 10 years ago on the BBC Two in the United Kingdom. The series first premiered on February 22nd, 2007. It was originally supposed to run for 13 episodes. Um, the show is now well into its 24th season, which by BBC standards is probably about 10 or 12 years at this point. <laughs> and uh, it airs weekly on Friday nights on BBC One. It's also available in Canada on a channel called Hi-Fi and BBC America in the USA. There's something really special though about the Graham Norton show that's 
to me, synonymous to sitting in a sunken living room. It's like the return of the conversation pit. Yes, completely. And maybe there's a warm fire and you're having a candid conversation about the minutiae or highlights of your life. Uh, I feel like the Graham Norton show encapsulates that and the feeling has turned it into a TV show, purple set and everything. You're telling me about the Graham Norton show. I know that it's a television show on the BBC, but like what, what? What is it? What do I look at? Well, what, do I, what do I see? Other than Graham at, Norton. Is there, is there someone called to Jenga? You look yeah. at the people. Is there someone called happy. Graham Norton? There is someone uh, called Graham Norton, which is funny you should say because he is the host. Graham, he doesn't plunk himself behind any desks or other visual barriers. He sits perched, full body exposed to the audience inside and out into the world to us, the TV audience. He has a wine glass in his hand, sarcasm at the ready. His guests sit to his left or our right on a big comfy red couch and they have their preferred beverage, whether that's beer or wine or water, depending who it is. Or it's like mainly a, alcohol, right? It's mainly alcohol. Because like, what doesn't help a guest tell funny stories or sad stories? All the, all the, it all depends, actually. Their drinks are at arm's length so they can grab them whenever they want. And then us, the viewer, we're sandwiched in between the both of them. Between Graham and the guests, we sit, we're a part of the scene, we're immersed, we're kind of the intermediary guest in between the action of Graham Norton and the guests on the couch. And we're sitting amongst our friends on that giant couch in the sunken living room. We're enjoying the conversation, we're pickled, we're entertained, we're laughing. Sometimes it's a tear or two, but with Graham Norton, it's usually funny, it's not usually... Tears of laughter, not tears of sadness. Yeah. From the many episodes I've taken in, it's pretty rare to see a sad story happen. They do happen, but he tends to keep it light. Not 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 too heavy. Light, fun, frothy. He knows he's competing with a Friday night out on the town. Oh, so yeah. it better be entertaining. Yes, 100%. And that's, you know, he's sort of like the... Yeah. He's the, the backup plan? Story. Yeah, he's like the backup plan. Because if, you know, he makes you feel just as... Just as, you're having just as much fun as you are with your friends on a Friday night. At least I would like to think so. And if you watch Graham closely, he's sort of the opposite of a stiff host that you usually see on like a... a weekly nighttime talk show or late show if you if you watch him he wildly gestures and speaks not only to his guests but he speaks directly to the studio audience sometimes which i feel is pretty rare he's engaged with everyone that surrounds him he gives his guests a fighting chance to delve into an interesting anecdote about their lives on other talk shows uh, the hosts and guests rarely break that fourth wall i find except if they're delivering a monologue like if you know if jimmy fallon's talking to his audience or if stephen colbert is talking to his audience at the beginning monologue but they rarely talk to their audience when they're interacting with their guests and it feels more like you're eavesdropping on a private conversation as opposed to being participants in a discussion. Yeah, I will say there seems to be like a huge lack of pretense around Graham Norton. Like, yes. like everyone is so literate on how these sorts of interactions are supposed to go that he's like, I'm the host, you are the audience, you're here to see stars, you're here to see famous people, but yep. you don't want to hear the same press briefing that they've been giving for six months yeah. promoting their new film or new stage play or something. So. Yeah. We're going to have a great time. We're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. And you're going to be right here with it. And I'm going to throw to like he'll throw to the audience. He'll and that's, be like, and that's what the, do you think? And that's the perfect format, too, for breaking it up is, OK, we're going to have you who are, want, are here to talk about your movie. We're going to have you who are here to talk about your music. We're going to have you to talk about your upcoming whatever it is. Yeah. But you three don't know each other. Let's put you all together. Oh, and let's make sure that your backgrounds are vastly different, that yep. you're, you know, from different countries. And and let's see what yeah. happens. I do sometimes. I remember when I was young I, and I met Laurence Olivier. Wow. That was, uh, I, I used to collect autographs at the stage door, you know, and uh, mm -hmm. he came out. And I remember so distinctly that I started to cream in my knickers. I could, <laughs> I could feel it. I could actually 
I feel some hosts are too chatty to let their guests like finish a good story. I won't name names, but Jimmy Fallon with Jimmy his Fallon constant isn't a name, it's a brand. <laughs> with the, he just constantly interrupts and tries to reroute every funny or moving story to relate to himself. And if you watch how Jimmy Fallon talks to a guest versus Graham Norton, I feel like Graham Norton actually lets the guests finish their thought or, or or actually have a conversation or actually complete a story without Jimmy, you know, because Jimmy Fallon will jump in and try to relate it to himself or or he'll just talk over the guests, I find, which is really annoying. Yeah, there's something to be said for it's kind of a relaxed approach where you don't get the sense that I have exactly five minutes for this segment for you to talk about this topic. And then according to your PR company, I have to spend two minutes talking about this topic. And then maybe yep. we'll talk, ask you about this funny, crazy thing that happened recently. And now you're going. Thanks for coming. Bye. Yeah. It's more like a real kind of naturalized unfolding conversation and experience. It's yeah. the sunken living room with your friends sitting around a couch. It's I really feel that way. And despite the fact that it's called the Graham Norton show, it's not necessarily the Graham Norton show. It's the Graham Norton and everyone else who's there. Whereas yeah. it's late night with Jimmy Fallon, but you might as well be calling it the Jimmy Fallon show. Oh yeah. Cause you're there to see him be quirky, make jokes. Yeah, I don't know, and I, I not not to sound too too cheesy, but I do really feel maybe I laugh and feel a little more warm when I'm watching Graham Norton because I kind of feel like I am literally in the middle of that conversation. And I think that's what's getting to the heart of what's special about it is that it is maybe a talk show format, but it is not a typical talk show. It is something in its own league. It gets things that no other show does. It's funny that it took you telling me about it to ever hear about it because I would watch it a million times before I'd watch another, you know, late night with Fallon or oh, Letterman yeah. or yeah. anyone. With Fallon, I find I enjoy just skewing off to him for a second, but he'll bring all like some of the people back from Saved by the Bell or Friends and that nostalgia definitely gets to me. But like his regular show, I don't have, I could barely watch And it. even then he's using nostalgia as a gimmick. He's a yeah. gimmick you oh, know, comedian. Yes. is not, okay, let's, let's have something interesting, organic and truthful happen. Yeah. You see more of the celebrities on the Graham Norton show than you ever do anywhere else. Oh, totally. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah, I wonder if it's something about the kind of transatlantic approach to marketing. It's very hands-off. Like yeah. you get the sense in American talk shows sometimes that the PR person might as well be like sitting on the couch with them. Oh, yeah. Getting stuff. Yeah. But in the UK, it's very mm -hmm. much like you're going to be here and you're going to be so much more entertaining when I'm not leading you by the nose or no one's telling you exactly yeah. what to talk about. We're going to chat. And just by you being you, everyone who's watching is going to have a much better connection with you. They're yes. going to really enjoy <laughs> all of the crazy stuff we've dragged up about your past. It's going to add much more value to your appearance than it necessarily would have. And it's funny because like, there's, a, there's a, a special moment with Matt Damon on one of the episodes where he just like he's sitting kind of laughing to himself and he's like, I haven't had this much fun on a talk show before. Like he just suddenly realizes how much fun he's having. <laughs> By the way, this is the best time I've ever had on the talk show. Oh, bless you. Yeah, this doesn't have to be a chore. Yes. This doesn't have to be like a thing that I check <laughs> off on a list or yeah. a contract. I'm not sure if you guys saw it recently, but there's now a super cut of Lady Gaga when she was doing the tour for A Star is Born. And there's literally a super cut of her saying the same thing a hundred times as she goes on every tiny talk show, every radio show, because it it literally is that. That's why she's doing this. She's going to promote the thing, but she's literally using the same tiny little anecdote 
and it's terrible. Well, I mean, you can't falter for it either when you've got to do like six of them in a day to try and maintain like fun and relaxation and to not drink. But that's, that's the other thing, right? <laughs> that's exactly what makes yeah. it different. Well, that and the booze. And I have to say like Graham Norton himself is sort of a, a treasure in the United Kingdom. Uh, his personality is at the forefront of the show. There's a reason why it's named after him. I find that he's like a curious empathetic bubbly happy with a red amount of british sarcasm and cruelty to make for a well-rounded host he really knows the line and he diligently dances around it and without graham norton there is no graham norton show and with that he also brings some of the most random concoctions of celebritydom onto the big couch let's talk about celebrity mashups yes i mean where else can you listen to helena bottom carter share stories with michael buble about what Christmas is like at her house with Tim Burton, especially that she's married to him, or anxiously watch. It's as, weird. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. weird. <laughs> or as she would tell you, it's actually quite normal, <laughs> which is funny to hear. Or I like anxiously as I watch and get sweaty as Seth MacFarlane sat next to Cindy Lauper singing True Colors as the voices of everyone in the family guy. I really don't think you would see that anywhere else. So someone like Olivia Coleman, who admittedly just won Best Actress at the Oscars, yeah. but she was a relative unknown in North America but she would be on the Graham Norton show all the time because, well, she's yeah. huge in the UK. And then you see, you know, all of these guests discovering that there's this whole other culture and a whole other, mm -hmm. like, set of people that they really don't know, and like, not on their home turf. And what's interesting about that, too, is some of the Americans, they can't keep up. The Brits, they've, on this show especially, they seem to come on very well because they're witty, they're charming, they, they're fast, they're fast, they <laughs> yeah. can, they can play the same line as, uh, as Norton and not cross it or cross it or do whatever they want. Yeah. And some of the times the Hollywood actors, they're just pretty. That's all they got. Yeah. And then there's some, you know, barnstormers from the American guests as well, like uh, Johnny Knoxville uh, finding out just how witty Joan Rivers is. Well, anyone knows the heartbreak of dry vagina. I, I was perfect for it. Cattles follow me home. Oh, that is, I think that is the penultimate for me showing what Graham Norton is capable of bringing together, which is someone like Joan Rivers, someone like Johnny Knoxville, who are both crass in their own way. But seeing Johnny Knoxville awkwardly sit next to her, anxiously sit next to her, hanging on her every word and like covering his face in embarrassment because he just cannot handle what's coming out of her mouth is funny to me because he is the star of Jackass, like the most I, cringeworthy show I've ever, the movie I've ever seen. I had such a different read of that, which yeah. is just almost like he'd never seen anything Joan Rivers had ever done. And he like <laughs> heard about Joan Rivers. He's like, oh, old lady comedian. This'll be like a hoot. Yeah. And then sat there and was like not expecting her level of transgression oh, yeah. in comedy to yes. like keep pace with what he did. Three Jewish men are trying to rent my uterus instead of going to Miami. <laughs> He I think he was outclassed and he knew yeah. And he literally made a movie, about, I can't, Old Grandpa bad, or whatever his grandpa? thing, Bad Grandpa. Yeah. He made a movie about him doing like slightly inappropriate things and she put that entire movie to shame within five minutes of her getting on that show. Yeah. Every old joke that he tried to tell, she told it three times, three levels better than he did. Yeah. And 
And he hasn't even been in a Muppets movie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And never will. I mean, I don't want to call Jack Black D-list, but when you're sitting next to Elton John, my God, like he's on a different pedestal altogether. But seeing Jack Black talk to him and try to remind Elton about a song he really liked. And he's literally trying to sing the song to Elton. Elton's just sitting there like, what are you doing? Like, why are you singing to me? Like, this is really bizarre. Or the (laughs) episode with uh, Johnny Depp, who is, you know, has been a huge star for years and years and years i can't remember who he's on the couch with but he can't benedict play along cumberbatch, that's think. right he yeah. can't play yeah. along with benedict cumberbatch he no. gets he's not quick enough he might be just be drunk but norton is running circles around him too yeah there's something bizarrely wonderful about just seeing different levels of actors or two or four people we never ex- expect to see interact together that really makes the show interesting and I've, another one that sticks out in my head is uh dame julie walters who plays the weasley mom and harry potter asks 50 cent about uh him getting shot and he apparently still has his bullet lodged in his mouth and his tongue and she asks him if she can feel it to see her sticking her finger into 50 cents mouth and him being okay with that and like again i just it's such a random interaction that i get very a lot of joy from i guess for me sitting around watching celebrities interact with celebrities in an informal setting um, along with the help of a drink or three to me really helps the viewer and myself to feel a part of something special as an aside i personally had realize when watching the series my 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 gaydar didn't go off at first that graham norton is gay Uh, it doesn't come up much and when it does come up in the show it's sort of an organic setting it's that's, that's not something that's forced out of him uh and one of my favorites is graham reminding judy dench about the time that they both went to a gay club together to watch Cher perform. Like, can you get any gayer than that? It's astonishing. Why were you there, for God's sake? That's a good question, too. Yeah. <laughs> I know the answer to that as what well. Was the question? What was you, you were there to see Cher. What? You were there to see Cher, the singer Cher. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if in my lifetime, I hope in my lifetime, I'm knocking on wood right now, but you can't see. It's actually in my head that we live in a time where being gay would almost be like, what ice cream do you like eating? Do you like chocolate or vanilla? And it's sort of a a, a non-issue, not a non-issue. It's like a non-story. It's just another anecdote about your life. There's no gasping. There's no shock. It just is what it is. For sure. And you mentioned like his show started in 2007, which is still, you know, God knows gay rights and gay acceptance in the mainstream has come a long way even since 2007. But yeah. it wasn't like... He wasn't doing this in the 80s or something. But still, just then changing hearts and minds to have a platform like the BBC, to have all these people, you know, in the rural parts of conservative UK who can be, you know what, I don't like gays, but that Graham Norton guy is really funny. And I I watch him all the time. That's the kind of crap that had... like Bill Clinton talking about how much Will and Grace did for the gay agenda. Yeah, and and, and he's sort of he's so relatable, and because from what I've been saying, like personally, the the show is such a welcoming environment, and it makes everyone feel like they're part of it in their own living room. Graham Norton himself becomes more relatable, and now everyone has that gay man in their life who is normalizing it more. And, and maybe that's a stretch. It could be a stretch, but for me personally, it's I feel like there is that warmth and comfort and he brings that and he just happens to be gay. And I hope that does help some people who are in rural UK or in rural parts of the world realize that, you know, it's it's just a part of life. Absolutely. It's just a part of life. And, and all he- these other celebrities around him that he that surround him and hug him when they come out to say hi, they also don't care either. Nobody cares. It just is what it is. And yet he still has an opportunity 
opportunity to talk about these things with big stars. Yes. And didn't he also talk to a magazine something about not having children or not being in a relationship or something? Saying like, I'm an older gay man who has to deal with these issues. I think the fact that he exists so strongly in the public sphere on his television show as his genuine self is quite refreshing. I mean, he has written, you know, other articles about the difficult search for love in his 50s. And there's been, you know, all that sort of tabloid stuff about him as a person as well. You get the sense that who he is, is someone who's very comfortable in himself, who has a lot of really high powered friends that everyone seems to like and everyone seems to enjoy his company and is just great to be a part of. And if you're talking to the biggest stars going on either sides of the pond and can bring up your, the boyfriend you're seeing even organically or it, it matters. It, it's good. You and I have worked in television for quite a few years, right? Yes, we have. Including like reality-based television sort of stuff. That's where I got my start was in uh, a reality dating show being in the, the background. Not on it. Oh. Not oh, hosting it. I didn't even know that. Oh. Uh, Travis, I'm assuming you at some point have watched trashy, you know, factual television. I do and have. It is hard to get good stories out of people sometimes. And... I can't help it when I'm watching the Graham Norton show. I, I do sometimes picture what's going on in the background, especially when Graham uh, has his cards out. If you see, he usually has cards while he's sitting and then we'll have random questions to ask. And every late night talk show host usually has those cards in front of him or her. I find it fascinating to see some of the stories that Graham Norton has. And I don't know, I, I am curious to find out if, how many people does he have? Is it interns researching? Is it Graham Norton personally sitting down with a guest for an hour before the show? Because I feel like everything that the guests talk about is super interesting and usually funny or has some twist to it and you don't you don't see that on the show and so I wonder how they organically seem to make that happen I find it funny if the one of the guests has like a, a really bad headshot or like there's one where Ryan Gosling it's like an old video where he's dancing I kind of picture him bringing that in but then acting that that fake Pokemon shock face of like oh no how did you find this I don't let the the veil get lifted off of it I still enjoy it but I, I am curious to in all my years in television see see what's really going on behind the scenes so i've worked in television and i have seen editors and producers stay up for two days straight banging their heads against a brick wall because they have to try and make something routine and boring seem interesting and have a story yeah. and have an arc yeah. and it's hard work and then this dude swans in from the yeah. uk sits down in a chair and makes it look so effortless. damn effortless. It makes me so much more happier to see it happening on a medium that has been so draining to me and has been a struggle to see and make something that's that interesting because he just somehow punches them out once a week and he makes it look incredible. So I have to ask, uh, and be honest, don't hold back, did this show hit you guys in the heart? I think the Graham Norton show is truly exceptional. It's masterful the way he can genuinely draw out the best, the funniest, the most human elements of these celebrity guests that seem so unattainable and so untouchable. I also think that it's pretty special. I've never seen a show like it. I am not really interested in the cult of celebrity, but I will watch every single one of his shows that he ever makes. And I'm a recent comer to it. I haven't seen all of the episodes yet, 
but it's nice to have that in your back pocket where if it's a rainy, cloudy day, you'll be like, eh, let's see what happened on Graham Norton. Exactly. Once more, I'm your bleeding hot millennial, Scott. I'm your hearty flyboy, Travis. And I'm your kind-hearted oaf, Paul. Catch you on the next one. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hit Me in the Heart. You can listen to all the episodes on our website, hitmeintheheart.com, where you'll also find links to The Graham Norton Show and other bits and pieces we've mentioned in today's episode. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe to us on your platform of choice. And if you want to support us, the very best thing you can do is to leave a review on whatever that platform of choice might be. That's how these places help new people find our content, and that's how we can keep bringing you the things that we know you'll love. Our email is hitmeintheheartpodcast at gmail.com.